Welcome to Pair at the Point, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast of the Faceoff Hockey Network. Follow us on Twitter at Pair at the Point and at the FHN. Visit thefhn.net for daily hockey articles and casts. Alrighty, so welcome back. Thank you for bearing with us as we didn't record last week. I had the flu and had no voice and just got my voice back, so here we are. Uh, This week we wanted to do a deep dive on Jason Zucker, and the reason I I picked him to kind of talk about first as we head into the, the new season is because I think that he's going to be a crucial part of our season or he won't perform, and I think that could really hurt us. I think that he really needs to, to step up and, and have a big year um, in order to help us make the playoffs, especially with Gino out for an unknown amount of time. Yeah, no, uh, definitely uh, even be the eye test, you can tell that he just didn't have it going last year. Uh, with McCann gone, uh you know, with some younger players still having some opportunity, but Zucker is going to need to embrace a top six role. He's likely with Malkin out, going to need to get some power play time, and he needs to pot. Assuming he stays healthy, I think he needs to pot twenty five goals for in order for me to call it a success. He was brought in to be an offensive player, to be you know a four checker who could bury goals without. Uh, the likes of Hornquist, uh, you know, or others, he needs to be the one going to the front of the net and, and doing some damage. So I'm interested to see if he'll bang out, bounce back. Um, but let's let's start with the beginning. Let's start with the trade. All right. So we gave up a lot for Jason Zucker, and at the time, I I didn't know how I felt about it. I mean, obviously, you never want to give up a first round draft pick and a good prospect, but I understand why we did it. You know, we, we really did need someone like him or who we thought he was going to turn into. So, um, we gave up first round draft pick, um, that they actually picked in this year's draft. And then we gave up Kalen Addison, who is a defenseman who is now playing. I think he had like two NHL games, but he mostly played in the AHL last year. So for context, this was coming off of a season which we were going for a three-peat and we lost to the eventual champions. And we thought we were going to be able to, you know, go back to that same sort of contender status and really compete for another cup. However, even at the time, I thought it was an overpayment. I like Jason Zucker as a player. I still do. Uh, I thought he'd be a great fit with Crosby. We'll get to that later. Uh, but I also thought that giving up Addison and a first was an overpay because we had spent, uh, I, I think Addison was a first rounder himself, and he was a great prospect. We got to see him at one camp, and he just has all the tools to be an impact NHL defenseman. He, he's very, like, very Latang-esque. Yep. Yeah, he, he's very, very skilled, and his skating is... Superb. Yeah, I mean, at camp, he was the only one keeping up with Latang, and that says a lot considering how great Latang is at skating. Yeah, he's got he's got decent hands for defensemen. Uh, he's got a good first pass, and he's got a solid shot for a little guy. So, 
I was impressed with him even as an 18-year-old, and I, I thought that was too high of a price alongside well, a, what and, could have been a high first. And to put it into context, I, last year he played 31 games with the Iowa Wild, and he had 22 points as a defenseman in 31 games. So he was so, a top three prospect for us, possibly top two. Right, So. right. And, and he'd be ready. Yeah, and we, we, I mean, other than P.O. Joseph, we don't have many defensive prospects, and that that's very scary because no, Dumoulin, Latang, like, they're not getting any younger. I mean, we have Marino, thankfully, but at the time, we didn't. Yeah. At the time, we didn't have P.O. Joseph. Like, we had, he was our only defensive prospect at that point, and we still just, like, traded him away without blinking an eye. And the other reason I think that the Zucker trade stung a little bit is because the previous year we had also traded a first and a good goalie prospect for Broussard. Which and was a total we all, bomb. Yeah, we all know how that worked out. And then at least for Broussard we got Jared McCann, and then we all know how that worked out. So, you know, the whole, the whole thing is just a little... Yeah, the trade trees on those are a little more complicated. This one's pretty simple. Um, you know, the Broussard thing became a disaster, but yeah, it does sting. You back-to-back years, you give up a first, and then we ended up doing the same thing for, for Kapanen. So, well, and after we <laughs> gave up a first, you know, the year we gave up a first for Broussard, we made it one and a half rounds. Yeah. And then um, since then, we haven't made it out of the first round. And, and we've given up all these firsts and... I, I the thing the reason I'm not as critical on this one, even though it really stings to see Addison go, is I see the fit, and I think you do too. Well, There's a lot of potential there. That's why I wanted to talk about this because it's it's just one of those players that should be performing better, and yes, he should fit on our team, but the fit hasn't been there. And if you talk to a lot of Penns fans, they'll say that like they strongly think Jason Zucker doesn't fit well with our team, but he should. So like, what is the issue? Okay. So I, I actually pulled up an article from when the trade went down from, of, uh, of course, uh, Jesse Marshall. Um, so, you know, I think it got updated at some point, but basically he was talking about, how the Wild at the time, their offense was a very grind-away st- style of offense, and ours was more off the rush. And he said he wasn't sure that the systems it would be a good transition for him. However, he was still pretty optimistic, and he notably says uh, that you know he drove offense and uh, he was he was able to create plays in tight. I agree with all that. Uh, he also came to the assessment that he would work all, uh, well, well, uh, much better with Sidney Crosby than with the guy Evgeny Malkin just because of their play styles. And again, that seems to be uh, some foreshadowing there on his part and, and a good analysis because that's exactly how it's worked out. Uh, Malkin likes to meander through the neutral zone and, and gallop, and Zucker is more of a straight-line player. It, it really hasn't worked. So if a writer can assess that and know before Zucker even steps foot on Pittsburgh Penguins ice that he'd be better with Crosby, why have we not tried that? I, I thought at the time that's why he was acquired. I, I did too. I thought we were going out and getting Sid a winger. And maybe he wasn't tried because Gensel 
It's absolutely because of Yensel. Yeah. And I think that Sydney and Jake have, they do, they're, they're good line mates. However, the switch needs to be made for the sake of Zucker as an asset. We don't have spare top six wingers, and we know that Jake can work with Malkin. So the, the change needs to be made. Doesn't I don't care whose feathers it, it ruffles. It needs to happen in order to get right. Zucker going. Well, and the fact that we've gone this long without really trying it, giving it you know more than a shift here or a shift there, is insane to me. Like, we traded so much to get Zucker, and I feel like we're just kind of letting him flounder. So... And we just push him to, a, a, like, a lesser line. Yeah. And that's not going to get him going. That's the opposite. And I think that's kind of what's happened. And the guy needs some confidence, and I feel like they just are not utilizing him in the proper way. Big and time. it's just going to keep affecting his ability to play. And we have this guy signed through 2023. So it's not like he's going to be out the door. I mean, and he's comes at a hefty price, like $5.5 million. You think about other players in the league who we, we could afford if Jason Zucker wasn't on our team. So I will add the caveat, however, um, that this year, this season was, I believe, the first where he actually had a negative contract value, right? And I think it while we're on the topic of when he was successful let's go back let's look at the um his points per game and let's look at some of his successful seasons in recent memory and some of his not so successful seasons so let's see we had you know his high point i believe was probably his 2016-17 and his 2017-18 seasons with the wild right so in 17-18 he had 0.78 points per game um and then he moved on uh, and he had a split season with us and the Wild. So he started with the Wild and he got traded mid-year. He ended up with, uh, what, 42 points in 81 games played, which is just over half a point per game. That that was with the Wild. That was he cool. didn't get traded until 1920. Okay. So, so 1920 is when he had a split a split season. So 41 games, he had or 41 points in 60 games. Yeah. So he actually did better. When he had the split season. Correct. And uh, sorry, that was me misspeaking there. So you can see that he has this natural progression from going from like a 0. 0.75, 0. 0.8 point per game player to uh, just over half a point per game. Uh, and that, that hit its lowest point with this most recent very short season where he only had 18 points in 38 games. It's under half a point a game. So what went wrong, I guess, um, you know, you can see some of that regression in 1819 with the Wild, so obviously we're not the only reason this happened. I, I have a couple theories uh, going back and seeing some of his older clips as to why he's less successful. So in 1718, I watched every goal that he scored that season. He's one of those players that you, you can tell he has like three goals that he scores. So. He, he first off he got like six empty netters that year so I'm I don't count empty netters as as real goals because they're not they're not even strength goals they're not power play goals they're just they're kind of anomalies right so expecting him to score 33 goals a year again I think is probably an overestimation I think he's more of a 25 goal guy and we I mean we don't need him to score 33 goals would it be fantastic of course you want every guy on your team to score that many goals yeah. but you know we just need him to do solid 
minutes with solid production. I, I would also then say of the remaining, what, 27, 28 that were left, I would say at least 10 of them were power play goals. And then another seven or eight were rush goals, and then the rest were all crash and bang. So he was really good um, on the power play of basically being in a deflection spot in the low slot and then bumping out to the very mid slot for a, a quick one-timer option. So he basically filled what Jake Kinsel's role has been on this power play uh, since the departure of Patrick Hornquist. So they're, they're very similar on the power play to one another. Very, very similar. I think with Malkin being out, Gensel can at least shoot from a distance. Gensel he should, shoot, Gensel he should, should take else. Malkin's role. Uh, Gensel is not good in the Patrick Hornquist power play role. He's trying, but he's too small, and he just gets mauled in front of the net. I, I think that trying Zucker in that role would be much more successful. He was, he was so good at some of those uh, crazy deflections. They would put it in his body. They would put it off to the side of the net. They had set plays with Zucker um, from both the de- defense and from forwards in the corners, firing it in his and, general direction. And, well, and we all know, like, Jake Gensel can also score amazing deflection goals, but he's just not as great at them on the power play because there's too much traffic and he gets mauled over. Yeah, he's, he's undersized in comparison. And right. I also think it's, I mean, underweighted, I guess is the way to say. Right. And I think it's important to note that Gensel can be a distance threat, whereas Zucker really can't. Right. He doesn't have the capacity, the release that, that Gensel does. Well, yeah, and Gensel can score goals from anywhere on the ice. Yeah. So, like, why not utilize him in a Malkin-type way and and try Zucker? And I don't even know if Zucker is going to get that that fifth spot on the power play. It, it could very well be Kapanen. It could also be Jeff Carter. I just think that's a huge misuse of I, his talents. I agree, but... Isn't that what we've been doing since he came over? Yeah. I, I think that's the number one problem. I don't think it's a it's necessarily a, a Jason Zucker problem. I think it's the way that we've been utilizing him. And the 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 thing that just struck me is is at even strength, it seemed like all of his goals were on the rush or they were from about a foot away, smashing it into the into the back of the well, net. And another interesting note, when he came over in in twenty twenty he had 12 points in 15 games with us mm-hmm. before COVID shut everything down. That's a lot. That like, And I don't remember him being that good. Like, I don't remember being like, wow, this guy, what a great trade. Like, I don't remember that. But now, like, looking back, I'm like, wow, 12 points in 15 games. Like, it would have been very interesting to see how that progressed and how the playoffs would have been, you know, sans COVID. Yeah, and he's he's been a decent playoff performer. Well, um, and that's the other thing I kind of wanted to talk in about. In recent memory. Obviously, it's a small sample size because, you know, in 2019-20, we had four games. And then in 2021, we had six games. So it's super small sample size, but he's a .5 points per game player in the playoffs. But more importantly, the eye test. In 2020, in my opinion... Jason Zucker was one of the only players on the Pens to show up. Yeah. He was fantastic against the Canadians. And I remember thinking, wow, like if he can bring this in the regular season, he's going to be a huge bonus on our team. Uh, and I think he was similar 
in 2021 playoffs. I thought he was really good. I thought he came out every night with lots of energy, ready to play. And, you know, he did get points. And, and that that showed, and I, it would have been nice to see him progress throughout the playoffs because I think he would have continued to build on that. But we don't know for sure, obviously. But I just, I thought in the playoffs, he really brought it. And I think that if we can get to the playoffs and go deep, he's going to be a huge you know, a huge person on our team. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, that entire second line really, really struggled. They were all negative uh, in terms of, like, expected goals for versus against. However, among the three, he was the best. In in my opinion, and I think the stats also bear that out, uh, more integrally uh, in, the, in the 2020 uh, Canadian series, which you're referring to, he did have one of the Best differentials among forwards, he was only behind Brian Rust and, oddly enough, Connor Sheary, who uh, was actually pretty good in a very, very limited sample size. But uh, the thing that I noticed alongside you is his, his effort level was was very high. He was good at forechecking and forcing the other team to turn the puck over. And that was really the only forward that was doing that for us. Well, and in the playoffs, too, in such a short sample size, you do kind of have to go off the eye test a bit, I think. Because, you know, you're not always going to get accurate statistics. But, I mean, that, that, that bears up. I mean, the Canadians were basically holding on to the... They were forcing us to turn the puck over, and we weren't forcing them to turn the puck over. And the two forwards who did the best at actually forechecking and forcing those errors on their part were Rust and Zucker. And I would agree with that. Yeah. They're similar styles of player. They are. Um, Zucker, I think... One of the biggest things that has happened to him, other than being miscast with a guy that likes East-West, is that he's gotten away from his rush game. And it's really striking when you go and watch him. I I would encourage everybody to go watch some highlights from 2017 or 2018 from his wild days, is he's fast. And he looks it, he uses it, and off the rush, he can blow by people. I haven't seen that explosiveness from him um, in the same sorts of ways. So I would love to see him really you know, get off and running and, and get involved in, in rush plays and take it to the net hard because that was when he was at his best and that's when Rust is at his best. So they're, they are very similar in that style. And I would love to see a Zucker-Crosby-Rust tandem because that is going to be a relentless group right there. I think that it would also give opportunity for Sid to, like, turn on his scoring ability. Because, like, we all know Sid can score amazing goals. But I feel like when Jake Gensel's on his line, Jake kind of gets past that torch a bit mm-hmm. because, like, Jake's – you know, he's a goal scorer. That, that's his, his main well, duty. But I, I don't know. I think it would be fun to see to see a switch up. I, I think it's absolutely critical uh, to the makeup of our top six and our forward group. Uh, I also think that Zucker, in particular... Um, would thrive with Crosby behind the net running some cycles because he's one of the best in the game behind the net, right. if, not the, if not the best since Gretzky to do it. And 
Zucker's the goals that weren't off the rush were the ones that he was popping out from behind the net and and or from the side of the net and and crashing and banging. I could see him doing that with Sid, and and really uh, finding the twine more often than not. He's also a decent passer. Well, like, and Zucker uh, Zucker is good behind the net as well. Yeah. So that could be very exciting for Sid, uh, like vice versa. Obviously, you know. But- it just makes it makes way too much sense to not try it, and I think you got to get him in the mindset of go make a deke in tight off of, off of the rush and score those 10, 12 goals you're going to a year. I mean, you're you're seeing it in, in the beauty league the highlights that are coming out mm-hmm. of there when he's just goes and plays and he's not thinking about how he's going to weave through the neutral zone and he just goes. He's and he. He's he's just deking for fun. Like he's a talented guy. I, I want to see more of that. I want to unleash him as uh, as a forward. Right. You don't want to see him concerned about uh, systems or maneuvering through the neutral zone. I just want him to go play hard nosed, fast hockey. Um, when he does that, he's successful. All right. So I think. One big question for me is if if he isn't going to score 25 goals, what else can he bring to the team that's going to be beneficial? Do we think you know scoring all those goals is the only asset he can really have to like turn it around? Well, I think he's I think he's a very good passer as well. So I think that's important to note. He he just had a pretty even share of goals and assists each season. Uh However, I mean, his PK time has been very limited. I think you need to utilize him on the power play in order to get the maximum value out of him. Uh, I don't see him as the type of player that is going to go and, you know, run somebody through a wall. I don't see him as somebody who's going to block a ton of shots for you or be a, a stellar defensive player. Last year's defensive numbers took a hit. Um, he's not He's not bad over the course of his career, but... This downward trend that's kind of unfortunate. I think he's going to provide you energy if you use him the right way. And on the on the other side of things, I think he he's getting to be one of the elder statesmen. And you know, if we do have some younger players in the in the forward core this year, he would definitely be one of their role models. Well, and I think that's another you know thing to note. You, you have. Obviously, more Penguins veteran guys on the team, like you know Gensel and Rust, but and and Dumoulin. But I think Zucker is one of the best guys in the room. I mean, he just seems super genuine, super nice. I've heard a lot of people say that he's amazing in the room. He's always so nice to media, and so I think obviously, His charity work, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who he's great for the community. I mean, he does stuff here now, but he also still does all of his charity stuff back in Minnesota, which, you know, he, he didn't leave Minnesota and forget about Minnesota. I think that's, it's really special, but that's a testament to right. his character too. So. so obviously, you know, he brings all of that to our team, to our community, you know, to the city of Pittsburgh. But at the end of the day, I think we need goals from him. Yeah. And if not goals, a ton of assists. Yeah. I, I just think that he's, he could be a great pivot on a Crosby line. And the, the fact that Malkin will be out creates an opportunity to really play with some line combinations. And I hope he sticks. I hope they give that a solid look because it, it should 
for all intents and purposes, be a, a rousing success, and I don't think we'll look back. Well, and my, my main concern is that we're just going to glue him to Jeff Carter and forget about it. That and would be... It's it's just a frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I just don't have much hope in that because we haven't tried him other places before. So we'll, we'll see, but... This this sounds dramatic, and I mean, you you probably have your own opinion on this, but I think that his success is going to, you know, kind of make or break whether we're first or second in the division, or if we're just trying to like squeak into the playoffs. Well, I th- I think really when you take a statistical analysis of what happened in the playoffs and really leading up to it, the second line not gelling was a huge reason we got bounced, right? If they if they were productive we would have been fine. And the, the the main reason I say this is, is because the absence of Jared McCann. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have now, like, right? I feel like before we had kind of Zucker and McCann, Zucker plus McCann equaled an $8 million player that we couldn't afford that would score $8 million worth of goals. You know what I mean? Like, we, we can't afford a big player like that because we have, you know, three superstars. But the two of them together kind of made that that player. And now without Jared McCann's production, I don't know. To me, if Zucker really does pan out, he could really fulfill the role of a Chris Kunitz circa 2013. He really could. I, he is that same sort of but can he Hard end? Nose forward. Can he end the entire Ottawa Senators franchise? Do we need as to we end know it again? <laughs> I think I think that's already done. Uh, they're they're done and buried. Uh, no, he he is very similar in in the way that he goes to the net, or at least did used to go to the net. And I will I do want to mention right that his explosiveness and his willingness to go to the front of the net it wasn't bad, but there was obviously a step back this past year, and I think it's easy to forget that in March he had like a catastrophic looking. It was brutal. Knee slash ankle injury. Yeah, it was brutal. And he came back and very quickly, way quicker than anybody was expecting. We were expecting that we were going to have to trade for a replacement prior to the deadline. Right. And then all of a sudden he's back. Yep. But from then on. Well, he didn't and really look also, not everyone's as crazy as Patrick Hornquist and will continue to like go to the dirty areas and get brutalized every night well into their 30s. I mean, Jason Zucker's only 29, but like he's getting older now and you know, it's got to hurt a little bit more and you're a little more fearful and you have a family and you want to stay healthy and like not everyone's a psycho well, like I, our beloved Patrick Hornquist and we have to remember that. So it's it's also interesting to note, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, I feel, but, like, the cross-checking, and it, I mean, look at yeah. the 2016-17 yeah. season where he put up 47 points, uh, and or the 17-18 where he put up 64. Yeah, he probably didn't get cross-checked 10 times a night. No. And, and, <laughs> Which you know, is what's happening now to everybody. It, it's, it's definitely a different situation, like, and when you're under six foot, yeah, you're 192, but, like, if you're getting if you're getting mauled by a guy who's six four in the in the back of your neck, I mean that's that's going to disincentivize you and try to change your game. And I think he has tried to change his game in the last three seasons. He's tried to be more of a shooter, more of a skill player, 
as opposed to just go and forecheck like a demon. And I think if he can get some of those tendencies back, he'll find his groove again. And I, that's not to say it's going to be easy. He's going to get cross-checked. Uh, I understand that. But like, if he really wants to find that level of success again as a top six forward, bona fide top six forward, he's got to go to those dirty areas. Yep. I, I think that that kind of says it all. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch him this year. And I, I really, really hope he can figure it out. Yeah, I think, I think it's just going to be a matter of not staying on the periphery. I mean, most of those goals did not. I think there were three or four that didn't even strength goals from that really successful season where he put up 33 that maybe weren't in the low, low slot. And some of them were off the rush where he made a deke. Uh, he really loved the backhand deke that year. But, like, he needs to go to the front of the net. He needs to stop at the side of the net and hack away. And, and it's not going to come easily. But if he can do that, he certainly can carve himself a role here. And I think, you know, the coaching the, – the coaches have to want to reset that second line. Malkin being out gives you a perfect, perfect impetus to start doing that. So the fit is there. Will he ever, you know, reach that 30-plus goal plateau? I would argue yes, and it's probably going to come in one of the next two seasons uh, with us. I just I hope that he can find his groove sooner rather than later so we don't, uh, you know, throw away points unnecessarily. Uh, we don't have extra goals on the forward core to be playing with uh, line matchups that we know don't work. So... Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. All right, so that, that wraps it up, I think, about you know our thoughts on Jason Zucker. Before we end, I just wanted to say rest in peace to Jimmy Hayes. That news came out yesterday. It's incredibly sad. He's only 31. He just had a second child. Um, obviously, no one knows what happened. It's really, I guess, none of our business. But, you know, just thoughts with his family because that's incredibly sad and I know a lot of players on our team were incredibly close with him I know Brian Dumoulin um was very very close with him Marino. and his family so you know that's just really sad and yeah it's we're just, thinking about them because that's just it's yeah. just rough um watching him play down there I mean he always he always brought it uh big guy um obviously well liked so way too young obviously and we're we're, we're thinking in the family yeah, and, you know, all the players, too, who had, you know, he impacted their lives. So just just not to be a downer, but wanted to, you know, put that out there because that news just dropped yesterday. Yeah, definitely part of the Pence family forever. So. Yep. All right, so that is all for this week. As always, you can catch us on Pair at the Point on Twitter and at the FHN or the FHN.net. We will be back next week. We may do a couple more of these deep dives, I think, before – camp gets started and then i think they pick dates for the prospect games i think it's in september i'm not sure the dates but um we'll probably you know leading up to that go into prospects just a little bit see who to watch out for and hopefully we can catch some camps in cranberry sounds good to me all right bye bye